Hello and welcome to the latest installment of the IHS Market Fertilizer Podcast. My name is Logan Garcia. I'm a market reporter uh, with Ferticon. I'm covering the U.S. market and I've been doing so since 2019. I cover ammonia, nitrates, phosphates, and potash, uh, all with a U.S. view. Uh, with me today is my colleague, Mark Astley. How are you, Mark? I'm good. Thank you, Logan. Thank you very much for having me. Um, just a, a bit of background on me. I joined Ferticon a few years ago uh, in late 2016. Uh, I was initially covering the nitrates markets, but nowadays I'm responsible for our weekly ammonia reports. Um, and yet yeah, we've uh, we've brought together uh, our in-house US market and ammonia brands this week because we'll be looking largely at the US market where I believe cold weather has caused chaos recently, Logan. Yeah, that's right. There was a large portion of the month where there was no no ammonia, no nitrogen uh, production really of any sort for, for about two weeks. This was a result of a large winter storm in the southern and central US, uh, which really hit the Gulf Coast specifically really hard. Um, this is where Texas, you know, Louisiana, um, even as far north as Oklahoma, um, kind of all these really dense concentrations of fertilizer plants. This was an area hit by a hard cold snap, which the region hardly sees. And as a result of this storm, uh, many nitrogen plants either curtailed uh, or idled production entirely uh, in order to capitalize on the large natural gas price increases as a result of this storm. Fertilizer producers who had the option to sell their natural gas contracts at a profit did so, while others who maybe wouldn't have opted to to get rid of their uh, their feedstock uh, were cut off as uh, states like Texas and Oklahoma sort of rationed and diverted uh, gas to home heating as this was a, a dangerous time for, for these states that did not have the infrastructure to deal with such a weather event. So from this, most, most production in Oklahoma, Texas, Louisiana stopped entirely, um, as well as in the rest of the U.S. where natural gas prices rose higher as well. One company in particular, LSB Industries, announced on February 16th that it had idled its uh, prior Oklahoma production facility as early as February 12th. OCI Weaver also reportedly shut down uh, around the same time, while OCI Beaumont had shut down earlier in February for pre-scheduled turnaround and did not come back online for several weeks after it, as this, this weather situation really made restart an untenable prospect. This weather pattern lasted for about a week. However, afterwards, much of the U.S. Gulf production was still offline for the most part as these cold outages had damaged equipment and necessitated some some longer turnaround and repairs on these facilities. Meanwhile, in the rest of the U.S., even though some of these facilities may have been better prepared for such weather, they still did not come back online as the natural gas and ammonia pricing situation was still being sorted out with these Gulf plants offline. and costs uncertain. So it wasn't really about until the first week of March where we saw UAN and ammonia production come back and as such there had been no offers on either of these products for for about two weeks. Urea production was also impacted but not not nearly as much as uh, UAN and ammonia which when it was all said and done and they were re-offered in March were re-offered uh, $100 to $125 higher than early February levels. And yeah, that brings us nicely to Tampa as well, where I know you know, Logan, and I'm sure anybody who's listening will know also that uh, 
uh, where we saw a triple digit increase uh, in March also with Yara and Mosaic agreeing a price for the month of $445 CFR. That was up by $115 on the 3.30 that they had agreed uh, for February. And I believe that it was the single largest month on month increase in our CFR Tampa assessment since April 2013 and also the highest price agreed by Yara and Mosaic at Tampa since September 2014. And it's in line with the price development that we've seen internationally over the last few months, beginning um, perhaps in uh, November, December time. And uh, I suppose in addition to the, the production downtime in the US that you've just uh, uh, outlined, Logan, at the end of February, Recent reductions in outputs in Trinidad played a large role in the development of prices at Tampa and also in the US Gulf. So if we look at the situation currently in Trinidad, the last that was reported was that uh, more than half of Nutrien's ammonia production capacity in uh, Trinidad and Tobago is down with the two larger of its four plants there offline currently. Uh, one of these went down last year. Uh, it was announced in September 2020 that it would be down indefinitely due to then poor market conditions. Uh, obviously, that's not the situation today with prices uh, where they are. Uh, Nutrien then uh, announced at the end of January this year that it had taken down another of its larger plants in Trinidad following a technical problem and that the plant will be down for an extended period. And uh, in addition to that, um, we had in December last year, we had uh, curtailments, gas curtailments of around 20%. Uh, I think as well in early this year, there was also some, some reductions in output from Yara and also from Cork in Trinidad. And the, the end result really um, is that we've had some, quite a few bits of spot business in the US Gulf, which are pretty rare. Uh, Nutrien has been pretty prolific. It's been active in the spot market buying cargoes in North Africa for shipment to the US Gulf. Most recently, it bought an Egyptian cargo at $520 CFR, which I suppose suggests that there perhaps is some room for growth in the, uh, the, the Tampa contract price as well. Obviously, yeah, big price developments internationally. All the impacts uh, is the impact of the recent events in the United States, the higher Tampa settlement for March and the general supply situation at the moment having an impact on prices in the U.S. as well, Logan. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I think the U.S. really followed that trend of shorter supply, higher demand. And they really could have been expected at previous prices. So. As I mentioned, you know, we went about two weeks without any any ammonia offers in the U.S. And when those did come back, they were at levels about $125 per short ton uh, higher in the Corn Belt, at least. Looking to the eastern Corn Belt from uh, about Ohio, Indiana to to the eastern side of the Mississippi River in Illinois, you know, we were looking at prices from 600 to 650 uh, per short ton FOB while, you know, looking to the west of that river into, um, you know, sort of the, the part of Illinois bordering the river, uh, as well as into Iowa, you know, prices were closer to 570 to 590. Over in Nebraska, prices were even a little bit higher there, closer to that 600 figure to the east, 
and nearly uh, $700 in North Dakota. And really since then, too, prices have just still moved higher with the start of the spring season uh, in the southern U.S. You know, usually states like Texas, Oklahoma would really have been planting by now. You know, last year, you know, field activity was starting in, in February already. But obviously with these weather conditions, you know, that, that really pushed back sort of the uh, the spring start in the southern U.S. So we're already seeing prices move closer towards that $600 per short ton figure uh, now in the southern U.S. as well. So yes, it seems like there's uh, there's definitely some correlation between the latest prices at Tampa and in the U.S. Gulf and uh, those inland for ammonia in the U.S. Yeah, that's right. And do you have any predictions for for the next couple of months? Do you think uh, prices will continue to firm? Do you think the current momentum will last? Yeah, Mark, I expect that'll be the case. Um, considering a late start to the spring in the southern U.S. and a uh, an early start in the northern portion of the country now with uh, with this winter thaw we're sort of seeing now, opening of the upper Mississippi River has been moved up a week from last year. Um, this is really going to put a squeeze on the ammonia system in the U.S., I think, uh, especially considering the, the tight supply as some plants have yet to reoffer uh, from going down in February. So I really expect to see much higher prompt prices um, sort of as these plants are struggling to keep up with their contract commitments at the same time as much of the country is going to be seeing, you know, this this corn planting wave here in the next few weeks. And I think a big squeeze on ammonia as a result. And yeah, and I, th- I think, um, yeah, and internationally, I, I, th- I suppose the question now is when the supply when will the supply situation in Trinidad and the Middle East and the Black Sea and elsewhere, when will that improve in the Middle East, for example, where spotability has been lacking as a result of extended turnarounds and maintenance? Uh, the expectation is that um, the supply situation will begin to improve from the first half of April as these facilities restart, which will obviously have some bearing on uh, prices in the Far East, uh, less so in in the West. But looking at the United States, I suppose the supply situation in Trinidad will play a, a lot, a much larger role. Market conditions that led Nutrien to take down one of its plants last year are vastly improved. And the reason for that plant still being down isn't crystal clear. And it's there's not an awful lot of clarity either on when Nutrien will return or increase its output in Trinidad. But the the current short-term forecast from Ferticon, uh, which you'll find in our futures reports, is that the uh, the current bull run in the ammonia market will continue through March and peak in April when fertilizer consumption begins to decline in uh, in North America and the other main agricultural regions of the world. But uh, anything could happen between now and then, I suppose. So we will see, won't we, Logan? Yes, we will. Now to the listener, be sure to follow the podcast on uh, your platform of choice in order to be notified uh, when our new episodes drop. There are also going to be links in the show description to subscribe, uh, as well as to learn about Ferticon's weekly reports, as well as our Outlook and Futures reports, like Mark mentioned, our Ammonia Futures. We will also have information in there on our special edition one-off reports, uh, including our recent publication on the world's top 40 ammonia buyers. Thanks for joining me today, Mark. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, for all those that are listening, don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening to the IHS Market Fertilizers Podcast.